Hi, this is the official podcast of Riverside International Church in Lisbon. Riverside is an international, contemporary, caring, and Christ-centered community. Our vision is to significantly impact the country of Portugal and the regions beyond with the gospel. Thank you for listening to us, and we hope that your life will be impacted by these teachings. God bless. Meeting before the service, Yannick was saying that God, please, he was praying, God, please speak to your people. We need to hear your voice. And I know that so many of you, I know that I myself, I need to hear God speak at this time especially. So I pray that, that God will speak to us this morning. I pray that he will speak in a very special way to your heart and that he will uplift you. So God took me to a story that we can find in, in three of the four Gospels. The story we can find it in Matthew and Mark and in Luke, and, and I, I would encourage you to go read it afterwards. Um, and to give you some context, Jesus had begun his ministry by now. We know that he was going around and he was teaching and healing the sick, and, and he was preaching and preaching words that unlike anyone had ever heard him preach or heard anyone preach before. And I can only imagine what it must have been like to be in the presence of Jesus, to hear him speak, to see the way that he related to people, to see the way that his words brought comfort, to see the way that, that he was compassionate, to see the way that he served, to see his humility. I can, I can only imagine what it must have been like to be in the very presence, physical presence of Jesus in human form. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 24, News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. And if you read through the chapters leading up to our story, it's almost tiring to see the days that, that Jesus lived, what his days looked like. People came from all over the, the region to see Jesus, to hear Jesus. Crowds followed him wherever he went. And the reality is that, that people in those days had the same needs that people have today. People needed to hear hope. People needed to be encouraged. People needed to be healed of their diseases. People needed to, to feel comfort. People needed to, to see and to know, to learn what God had in store for them, and how God wanted to use their lives. And so wherever Jesus went, people crowded around him. On one particular day, the Bible says that, that the crowds were so large that people were, were pulling and tugging at Jesus' shirt. You know, we, we have this picture, you know, when, when some celebrity, we see it on TV, when, when some celebrity walks somewhere and the crowds just flock, the paparazzi flocks, and people just want to touch these famous people, well, minus the paparazzi. This is what Jesus was going through wherever he went. And on this particular day, people were pulling and tugging at his shirt. And, and so it was so bad that Jesus tells the disciples, listen, give me a boat and let me speak from the boat so that I can speak to everyone. And so he starts preaching from the boat. And he preaches with authority. He preaches with supernatural words of wisdom he preaches words of revelation. He was unlike any other teacher or leader that anyone had ever seen. 
And the disciples, I, I imagine the disciples in particular. I imagine the disciples, they're sitting on the shore and they're, they're watching Jesus. They're watching him attentively. They were followers of Jesus. They had given up everything to follow Jesus. They had seen him do amazing, miraculous things. I mean, not long before this episode, we read that Jesus had been preaching the Sermon on the Mount, saying incredible things, saying words of, of incredible revelation. He had gone into Peter's house and he had healed Peter's mother-in-law. He had, um, he had healed people with leprosy right in front of their eyes. He had healed the, the centurion's servant just by saying the word. And so the disciples sat there, and they're watching, and they're listening, the one who had called them by name, and they were blessed. I imagine it was a sunny day. Jesus is out on this boat in this lake that is completely still. Everyone is quiet, trying to listen to what he has to say. And the disciples were blessed. And this is where our story comes in. We're going to read in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So apparently it was not uncommon for storms to break out in the Sea of Galilee. Some of the disciples were fishermen, and so surely they had been in storms before. Back then they didn't have weather forecasts like we have today. They didn't have some sort of like little app on their phones that would tell them when is the best time to cross the Sea of Galilee. And so I'm sure that when they got into the boat, they knew as experienced fishermen that it was a probability, it was a possibility that a storm could break out. Because storms happen, and storms are part of life, and we know that storms happen in our lives. Jesus himself said we would have suffering, we would encounter sorrows, we would encounter trials. And so if you think over your lifetime, even as I'm speaking right now, I'm sure that you can recall times of suffering. You can recall times that were hard and that were difficult. Times that have been testing on so many levels, and yet though we know that suffering is a part of life. And though we know that storms will come, so often they come without any sort of warning. The skies are blue, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in a desperate situation. So I lived in Scotland for four years, and um, I, uh, I had one Portuguese friend, and uh, one day we both decided, well, let's go and try snowboarding. And there was a mountain about an hour away from where we lived in Aberdeen. And so uh, we got in the car 
uh, and we decided to go to this mountain. The day before, my friend had said, ah, Gabby, we're going to this mountain. Uh, he had more experience in snow, with snow than me, and so he says, ah, Gabby, we should probably go and buy uh, chains for the tires because we're going up this mountain. And I said, for those of you who know me, planning is not my, uh, my strength. I said, you don't, you don't need that. That's just, that it's exaggerating. We don't, we're only going to be there for a day. We don't need that. So we didn't get it. Uh, and we head to this mountain and we had a blast snowboarding. He kind of just left me. I was on the beginner slope. He went on like the professional slopes. Um, and when we're having fun, um, and then all of a sudden, we had been there almost the whole day. He comes and meets me and he says, Gabby, quickly, we got to get our stuff. We got to get our gear out and we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And he is stressing out and he's freaking out. And I'm kind of thinking, what is up with this guy? Why is he stressing so much? And he says, a storm's going to hit and we're going to get caught up in this thing. And I'm kind of looking at the skies thinking, what is this guy on about? And this is the picture. You can see blue sky. This picture was taken not long before we left. And I'm thinking, what is this guy on about? And so I'm taking my time. I'm taking my snowboard off and, and getting my gear off. Well, um, we get in the car. And I, I, I'm telling you, it was not even 10 minutes after. This is the picture. And this is what we found ourselves in. Um, and our car, without the chains on the tires, we were slipping and sliding down this mountain. It was scary. And uh, for those of you who know me also, uh, in scary situations, I start laughing. It's, uh, it's uh, I guess, my um, default. <laughs> it's not really great to be around me in these kind of situations. So I'm laughing away. Uh, we're sliding down this mountain. Finally, this, uh, this 4 by 4 kind of drives past us. And uh, they hook up a, a chain from our car to their 4x4 so that they can lead us to safety. Um, but the truth is that sometimes storms come out of the blue. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 24, when speaking of this story, it says, Suddenly, suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. All was well. The skies were blue. And suddenly, you're fighting for your health. Your company was thriving. You were, you were promoted. You were doing well in your position at work. And suddenly, COVID-19 comes around and your very job is on the line. You had a routine. You had stability. You had family and friends around you. Everything was okay. And suddenly, you're isolated, you're alone, you can't even leave your house. You had plans, and you had projects, and you had ideas for the future, and suddenly, this pandemic breaks out, and we have no clue of what tomorrow will be like. We have no clue of what the day after tomorrow will be like. Will we be able to do any of our plans? Will we be able to carry out any of our projects? Suddenly, a storm hits. And yet, what's surprising about this story is not that there was a storm. Because storms happen, and sometimes they happen suddenly. What's surprising about this story is the next verse. We read, Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. What's surprising in this story is that Jesus was sleeping. He's not supposed to be sleeping. His disciples are going through a storm unlike any storm they had ever been in. Some of the disciples were fishermen. They were experienced 
out on the sea. And so for them to be panicking, it's because this storm is really, really bad. The boat is being tossed. It's almost capsizing. Water is filling from every side of, of the boat. It's sinking the boat. And you would think that Jesus would wake up. But that's the thing, isn't it? You would think. And we think so many things. We think all the time. We think about our situations. We think about our circumstances. We think about what is real and we think about what is not real. We think about what is happening. We think about what could happen. We think about, we think about how to fix our situations. We think about God and we think about how He should act and when He should act and why He should act. We think so many things. But Jesus, Jesus was sleeping. And the question for us today is what happens when God is not acting according to our expectations when we most need him? What happens when God is not coming through fast enough? What happens when, when God is not coming through in the way that, that we think he should during the storm? What happens when we're struggling and Jesus, he's sleeping? And in the story, we, we understand Jesus' humanity when he came in human form for our sake. But we also have a revelation of his deity all at the same time. As I mentioned earlier, Jesus' days were exhausting. He didn't stop. He was healing and preaching and teaching. He was constantly going from one place to another, and he was ministering and praying for people and, and speaking to people. It was tiring. He was driven by this relentless compassion to be there for people, even when he was tired. And so when he got into the boat that day, he was tired. And so he fell asleep. And this is where his humanity overlaps with his deity. If you read the chapters before, there was so much for Jesus to worry about. He could have worried about the religious and the political leaders plotting to kill him. He could have worried about his family. We read chapters earlier that his family accused him of being crazy. He could have worried about that. He could have worried about the, the overwhelming needs of the crowds that followed him everywhere he went. There was so much for Jesus to worry about. And yet Jesus was so at peace that he could rest, that he could sleep. And with all the things in your life, that you could worry about. With all the things that you could legitimately be worried about, the Bible says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. No worries. In a year of drought. For a tree, a drought means death. No worries. No worries in a year of economic collapse. But we know that we need the economy to work for us to make a living. No worries. No worries in a year where everything that was normal is no longer normal. Even in the most adverse environments, the Bible says that we can bear fruit. And so Jesus went to sleep. Despite everything that was going on, Jesus goes to sleep because his confidence was in the Father. It means no worries. But no worries doesn't necessarily mean no concern. 
Jesus goes to sleep and then suddenly a storm hits. And the disciples are scared. And I would be, this boat is nearly capsizing. Things are, are being broken. Water is filling from every side. These waves must have been so high. It was scary. And let's be honest, I'm scared. As I look at the impact of COVID-19, the storm that has hit us suddenly, I'm scared as I see the thousands of people dying and scared for their families who have to suffer the loss of their loved ones without a hug, without an embrace, without being able to, to have a funeral. I'm scared as I see the thousands of people, millions of people losing their jobs, not having an income. Some of the families at the Lisbon Project are having to ration their food to make food last longer on one meal a day now. I'm scared as I see the impact and as I think about the impact that this pandemic is having in the world. See, peace does not mean closing our eyes to the storm and downplaying its severity. As Christians, we're not meant to, la, 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 this isn't happening. That's not what peace is about. A storm is a storm, and it's scary. And fear is natural, and it's okay. I want to emphasize this today. Fear is natural, and it's okay. It's when fear leads us to lack of faith that is a problem. It's when fear leads us to unbelief and distrust that is a problem. So the Bible says that finally the disciples, they wake Jesus up. In the middle of their distress, you and I would think, and they would think that, that Jesus would get up himself and do something about their situation. He's in the boat, but he's not really being helpful. And maybe you feel like that this morning. Jesus is in your boat, and you're a follower of Christ. And like the disciples sat on the shore just hours earlier watching Jesus preach and being blessed by him, you are also going to church. You are also leaving everything behind to follow Jesus. You are praying to him. You, you are listening to the podcast. You are worshiping him. You are, you are prioritizing him in your life. And now here you are in the middle of a storm. Jesus is in your boat. But he doesn't seem like an active participant of your life. The storm is not going away, so what good is he to you? The disciples wake Jesus up. But in Mark, we don't read them coming to Jesus with a request for help. We read them coming to Jesus with an accusation against his apparent indifference. They say, Jesus, wake up! And I'm sure that they were shouting over the sound of these waves, Jesus, wake up! Don't you care if we drown? Jesus gets up, and from one moment to the next, he quiets the storm. It's just that easy. The storm that was about to kill them, the storm that was raging, the Bible says that there were other boats on the sea, the storm that was nearly about to kill everybody, Jesus gets up, and with two words, he quiets the storm. It's that easy. Because he's God. And doing the impossible is the kind of thing that God does. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call on me in prayer, and I will show you great and mysterious things that you do not know about. When we go to God, when we call upon his name, he is able. He is sovereign. 
He is absolutely capable. He has power to move mountains. He has power to provide. He can make us bear fruit in the middle of a drought. They go to Jesus. And he responds with the supernatural because that is who he is. But then he turns to the disciples and he says, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, I don't think Jesus was disappointed that they felt fear. And this is the way that I interpret the story, and this is the way that I, that I see Jesus' heart in this moment. I don't think that Jesus was disappointed that they felt fear. Because like I said, fear is hardwired into our brains. Psychology Today says neuroscientists have identified distinct networks that front, run from the depths of the limbic system all the way to the prefrontal cortex and back. When these networks are electrically or chemically stimulated, they produce fear, even in the absence of a fearful stimulus. Feeling fear is neither abnormal nor a sign of weakness. The capacity to be afraid is part of normal brain function. God created us this way. Being afraid is part of normal brain function. Jesus was not disappointed that they felt fear. He was disappointed in the way that they dealt with this fear. They were consumed by their fear. All they could see was the circumstances, and they were absolutely panicking. It didn't matter who was in their boat. They were panicking. And so waking Jesus up was a last resort. After they had done everything, after they were with buckets trying to empty the, the, the water in the boat, after they were doing everything they could, they were panicking. And going to Jesus was the last resort because he may have done some miraculous things in the past. He may have healed some people. But there was nothing that he could do about this storm, surely. Yes, he had said some pretty amazing things. Yes, he was a great teacher and a great preacher, but surely he doesn't have authority over even the winds and the waves. Or does he? When David prayed in Psalm 56, we read David saying this, But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? So David says, when the storm comes, because David went through some trials in his life, and he knew that storms and trials are part of life. He says, when the storm comes, because it will come. And when I'm afraid, because it is only natural, and sometimes I will be afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will praise God because what he has promised. Every evening in Riverside Lisbon, we have been getting together, and I know that so many churches are, are getting together over Zoom and other platforms to pray, to call on the name of the Lord, because when we are afraid and when we don't understand what is happening and when nothing seems to be making sense, we will get together and we proclaim the promises of God. We proclaim that we are putting our trust in him. We declare over and over his promises over us. And I know that so many of you have been coming to God with your struggle. And I want, us to, I want to encourage us to keep praising him for what he has promised. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And it's an incredible thing to think about. 
that even in the times that we are experiencing now, when there is every reason to panic, God promises us perfect peace when we trust in Him. Perfect peace. What does that even look like? As we're quarantined in our houses, as, as our jobs are on the line, as our health is on the line, as, as some of us are scared even to go to the supermarket, what does perfect peace look like? Jesus promises us peace if we put our trust in him. It takes great faith to trust and sleep in Jesus. It takes great faith to trust him even when it seems like he doesn't care. Or like he's not working? Do you trust him? And here's the thing. Great faith and great trust can only come when you truly know Jesus. Jesus quiets the storm. And the Bible says, the disciples' reaction, it says, the men were amazed and asked each other, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. They are completely amazed. Jesus had just deconstructed, completely deconstructed the box that they had put him in. He was so much more than what they thought he was. He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a healer. He wasn't just a nice person. He wasn't just a rabbi. He was and he is the son of God. The Bible says in Colossians, everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Today, you have to ask yourself, who is the Jesus sitting in your boat? Is your Jesus boxed into the, boxed into the limitations of, that you have created of what he can and what he cannot do? Is your Jesus boxed into the things that you've seen him do in the past, but, but you're not sure he can do anything new now? Anything new in the future? Or is he truly sovereign over every single area of your life? Do you have faith that he truly has authority over absolutely everything? Jesus says when he commissions the disciples, when he commissions us to, to go into the earth and to preach the good news and to, to heal the brokenhearted, when he, when he tells us to go and, and teach the things that Jesus has commanded us, when he, when he gives Christians their purpose, he, he starts with this. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go. See, when you serve a limitless God, a God who truly has authority over everything in heaven and on earth. When you serve a Jesus that is completely sovereign and you have, and you have faith that he has authority over every storm, even over the winds and the waves, then it doesn't matter what trials come our way. Then it doesn't matter what hardship or difficulty that we face. However bad this coronavirus situation gets, it doesn't matter when we are afraid. We put our trust in Him, in Him that has full authority, in Him that holds everything together. We declare His promises. We have faith in who He is, a God who has authority over every wind and every wave, over all economic structures, over all governments, over all, all that we're facing. He has authority. And then we end up asking ourselves the same question that David asked. Why should I even be afraid? 
He says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will declare your promises. Why should I even be afraid? Jesus quiets the storm. And the disciples get a new and a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. They had seen him do incredible things. They had, they had left everything to follow Jesus. They had seen him heal. They had seen him speak. They had seen him comfort people. They had seen him do the most incredible things. They had seen crowds follow him wherever he went. They had had dinner with him and lunch with him. And they had relationship with him. But even then, Jesus quiets the storm and they get a new revelation of who he is. And my prayer is that as we seek him in this time, as we put our trust in him, as we declare his promises, and as Jesus moves in and through our lives, that we may get a deeper and a new revelation of who Jesus is. Not a Jesus that is boxed into the limitations that we've created for him, but a Jesus who has true and full authority over everything. A Jesus who can open doors. A Jesus who can move when we don't think he can. A Jesus who is supernaturally God without limits. A Jesus who moves when he wants, why he wants, how he wants, for his glory. I'm going to ask Bidlu and Jamil to come. And we're going to worship God. We're going to worship him and declare his promises. We're going to declare that he is provider. We're going to declare that he is healer. We're going to declare that he has full authority over governments, over all leaders, over our society and every sphere within it. We're going to declare that he is Lord of Lords and that he is King of Kings. And we're going to release control to him. Maybe we don't know what he's doing and, and where he is. And why he's not moving the way that we would expect him to. We would think that Jesus would wake up, but, but in, in, that, in this story, he, he didn't. Until the disciples woke him up. And I don't know why Jesus is allowing all this to happen. I don't have the full answer. But I do know that Jesus is sovereign. I do know that when we call upon his name, that he answers. And I know, and it's only natural, that so many people are afraid. Maybe you don't have an income. Maybe you're, you're having to go to your savings, and your savings are just leaving, and maybe you don't even have savings. Maybe you're thinking, how are you going to pay the rent, and how are you going to pay your bills? You're thinking about your family that is far away, and you miss them, and you wish that you could just be with them. Maybe you're thinking about loved ones whose health is more vulnerable and you're afraid for them. But what are you doing with your fear? Are you letting this anxiety consume you? Are you letting fear control your mind and your heart? Or are you casting it upon Jesus? Are you declaring that you're putting your trust on him? Are you declaring his goodness over your life? Today, Miguel, in our, in our prayer meeting earlier, Miguel prayed a prayer. He's not feeling very well. And he prayed, Lord, heal me. 
because I know that you are able, I know that you are that you are sovereign over my body and that you can heal me, but even if I have to go to the hospital today, I don't want to go to the hospital today, but even if I have to go to the hospital today, Lord, use me for your glory. Lord, use me to touch people. Lord, use me to, to spread your love. It was a beautiful prayer. When I'm afraid, I'm going to put my trust in you, and then I'll ask myself, why should I even be afraid? God works all things together for the good of those who love him. Put your trust in him. If Jesus was able to rest, even in the midst of all the things that he could have been worried about, if Jesus was at rest and at peace because his confidence was in the Father, we too can be at rest. We too can be at peace, perfect peace, when our confidence is in the Lord. And I know that, that many people are struggling to sleep at night. Many people are struggling with insomnia. Our routines are completely switched around. We're, we're, our brains are constantly thinking of what is going to happen and, and what can I do and what else what else can I think of to provide for my family? What else can I do? And, and what's, what's the future going to look like? And our brains don't stop. And so many people are struggling to sleep and to get rest. And I want to pray over you. Put your trust in Jesus and he will give you perfect peace. A peace that is not ignorant to the storm because the storm is happening. We're not ignorant to the things that are happening around us. People are struggling. People are in difficulty. The future is daunting. But God is in control. And God is still good. And God can still move. And God is reaching people. And God is using the church to reach people with his love. I see the way that God is, God is using Riverside Church and the Lisbon Project. We've been, we've been doing these, these hampers. These hampers that just have food and, and essential items. And when we take these hampers to families, there's so much more than just products in a bag. They're a message of hope. They're a message of care. They're a message that God is faithful and he has not forgotten you. And people are blessed. The messages that we get back from them is, is wow, I can't believe. I can't believe that someone would do this for me for free. I'm so thankful. Thank you for remembering me. God is at work. Even when it may seem like he's not, God is at work. God's plans, God's ways are higher than our ways. And we want to release total, utter control into his hands. We don't want to serve a limited God, a limited Jesus. We serve a Jesus who can quiet even the winds and the waves. A Jesus that could stop this whole pandemic right now if he wanted to. But a Jesus who is sovereign, and we will submit to his will, because his ways are higher than our ways. And I wish that, I wish that right now that I could be with you, and that I could pray with you, and that I could embrace you, but we can't. 
And so what I do want to do, I want you to just take a moment in your room, in your living room, and close your eyes. And before you, before you even pray, before you present your request to God, before you ask Him to fill you with peace and, and whatever you're needing this morning, I want you to think about who you're speaking to. I want you to take a moment to recognize who it is you're addressing. The Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, the one who's given you life, the one who has created you, who knit you together in your mother's womb, the one who knows everything about you, the one who holds all power, the one who holds all authority, this is who you're speaking to. Position yourself and then present your request to God with gratitude, with thanksgiving. Ask Him for the peace that you need. Ask Him to come through for you. Ask Him for the provision that you need. Ask Him for the sleep that you desperately need. Ask Him for the strength that you need. Ask Him for the patience that you need. Maybe you have kids at home and the routine has completely been destabilized and it's tough. We have a baby and even with a baby that doesn't stop, I can imagine families who have more than one child, who have toddlers, who have teenagers who are bored and who don't understand what's happening. I, I can understand that maybe you need some patience and you need God to come through for you and your family's dynamic at home. There's so many things that we need. So we're going to sing now. We're going to worship. We're going to declare God's promises. We're going to present our request to God. And we're going to say, even when it's hard, even when I'm afraid, we trust you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that we have you. We thank you, God, that you are alive and that you are active and that you are moving, that your love is relentless, your compassion is relentless, your mercy, your grace is unending, your love is unfailing. We thank you, God. When we're afraid, we're going to declare your promises and your authority over every storm. In Jesus' name. that God has touched your heart with the message that he wants to tell us. If you would like to be updated with the things that are happening in our church, you may follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Riverside Lisbon. Thank you for listening.